0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Hebrews 11th chapter. Today is our, actually our second of a, uh, uh, a second teaching of a series that we began last week on the, called Now Faith Is. And because uh, Hebrews eleven talks about them, we'll look at it in a minute. And uh, why is faith crucial in the lives of god's people because and we'll read this in a moment because because the fact that you can't please God without faith and and, uh, and everything that that you need in your life that we're going to discover is in the spirit realm, and you cannot get it from that realm to this realm without faith, okay? And we'll see that as we go along today. Now, God gave you faith to harvest his very best in your life as you journey uh, journey through this earth life. Last Sunday, we discovered that God gave us this spiritual force of faith for one, spe- one specific reason, so that we, listen, this this one I'm going to emphasize today, so that we, both sinners and saints, can tap into God's righteousness. We're going to really emphasize God's righteousness today and help you understand what that really means, okay? And you're going to see it all... Oh, All throughout the scriptures that we share. Last Sunday, we learned that faith was required from all the believers in the old covenant, under the old covenant. I'm talking about before Christ died and rose from the dead. Um, uh, Right standing with God uh, for us believers comes through our faith in the uh, death and resurrection of Christ and our faith in the blood that has been shed for our sins. If you believe this, say thank you, Lord. Amen. So under the old covenant, we saw last week the Abraham, the seed of Abraham, which were the Jews, for them to obtain right standing with God, it required faith in their part, faith in and obedience to what God set in his word, and which uh, you know, primarily at that time was the 10 commandments, okay? And then, um, uh, but we found out last week there were actually non-covenant people in the Old Testament that reaped the benefits of God's blessings, because they tapped into God's righteousness. One of them was Naaman, Naaman the Syrian leper. The other one was uh, called the woman of Zarephath, who both of them, he, uh, he, he received a miracle in that his, he was cleansed from leprosy. I'm going to agree that that's a great miracle. And then, of course, she even had, to me personally, a greater miracle in the fact that she, during a drought... Uh, a spiritual drought that Israel reaped because of their uh, rebellion against God, uh, the Bible says that God took care of this woman for over two years. She had a pot of oil and a little, uh, little meal that multiplied for two years and fed her and fed her son and fed, uh, praise God, the prophet of God. Is that awesome? So you see the supernatural work of God's spirit uh, in these people that tapped into his righteousness. Amen. So we'll look at another example today of, of someone who walked in that. But right now, let's define what faith is. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance that means the under-support or the concrete essence of, of the things hoped for, whether they be natural things or spiritual things. First and foremost, spiritual, of course. Uh, hope for the evidence or the proof of things not seen. So the book of Hebrews, it's interesting. It's called the Hall of... What's known as the Hall of Faith. And yet, every example used... Every example used were those in the Old Covenant. Isn't that something? That Old Covenant believers tapped in to right standing with God because of their faith. And if you read them, there were just supernatural miracles all the way through Hebrews 11. Supernatural miracles took place because they, um, they tapped into God's right standing through something called faith. Uh, through the faith of God. And with it came his unlimited resources. The New Living Translation says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And of course, the Holy Spirit here is referencing the unseen things of God. And we'll, we'll, we'll tap on all this as we go. You'll see the clarity of it, okay? Now, the, verse 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he or she that comes to God must believe that he is. And I don't mean to just keep rehearsing this, but it's important you understand this, that he is what? That he is what you're coming to him for. Raise your hand if any of you have a need here today in your life. Raise your hand if you have some kind of a need, whether it's spiritual, could be relational, could be physical, could be emotional, could be financial. Everybody seems to have needs on a daily basis. All right. So, Faith is, now faith is the, uh, excuse me, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God, she that comes to God must believe that he is what you're coming to him for. All right. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That he is, he first and foremost, he's the most important thing in your life. Amen. Amen. All right. So it's beautiful. So we, how many want to please God today? So that you have to understand then this spiritual force of faith in your life. Verse 1 through 3, this is the Passion Bible. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It, what it, the spiritual force of faith, is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Now look at verse 3. Faith empowers us to see. Amen. Jeez, isn't that beautiful? Faith empowers us to see. Like I said last week, why is this important? Because you weren't there when God said, let there be light. But if you willfully believe that, that will become a revelation in your own life. In other words, if you need some light or you need some guidance, you need to see things uh, you know, at this moment in your life that are uh, for you to, uh, to move forward, then it takes faith to see. So let's say, read it again. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Or we can say it like this, the invisible words of God gave birth to the visible things that we need. And I've said this, and I'll say it again, you know, we, this is now our 43rd year of ministry, so we have actually went beyond the 40 years of journey in the wilderness. And guess what? We still haven't reached the promised land, because the promised land is eternity, Can I have an amen. So what do we do? We maintain our faith in God. Our hope in God. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul, he confirmed the reality of the unseen um, uh, realm of God in Colossians 1. Look at here. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Now, we've talked about this, you know, (laughs) but sometimes people just uh, don't get it. That Jesus came to show us who the Father is. Because a lot of times we've had a perspective perspective. Um, of, uh, our, we've had a distorted perspective of God through the wrong scriptures we read. God has never changed. He's immutable. Raise your hand if you believe that. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Amen. In Malachi 3, God said, I am the Lord, I change not. So if you believe in the immutability of God and Jesus was the visible of the invisible, then you got to believe that God was Jesus manifest in the flesh, which I know you believe that. Amen. This is such good stuff. Very, very easy to understand. Praise God. You got to be a dumb Norwegian not to understand it. <laughs> Let's go on. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. Okay? Look like that. He existed before anything was created, and is supreme over all creation. Why? For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see, and he made the things we can't see. Like what? Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. Where? In the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. They have this new scope, uh, telescope that Andy was telling me about. They've, they've sent it's, it's it's a million miles from Earth. Tell me there's not a God. This telescope is a million miles from Earth and it's sending back information. I'd love to God just to manifest himself with this big eye looking right in the telescope. Whoa! Just for the fun of it. What does that mean? And that's and, and something. Brother Copeland said 30 years ago. He said, when God said, let there be light, creation has never stopped. It just keeps going and going and going. Pretty exciting, huh? So when we're reigning and ruling with Christ, we're not going to be bored. We'll each have our own planet. Whatever. I can imagine praise God. I'll have my Harley riding on my planet. No. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on and not get so carnal here. So all things we'll ever have ever need in this life as we journey through this life from our spiritual needs to our natural needs, all originate in the spirit realm. I just want you to know that there is a place stored, not something. When we were on the farm, we we had a granary. We had also it doesn't matter, I don't want to get into it. Well, we had a granary for all the small grain, okay? We stored it there. So when we needed some, we went where? To the storage house. Praise God. That's why, you know, you bring your tithes into the storehouse, not the poorhouse. It's the storehouse. See, sometimes people have a real hang especially if they get offended. They have a real hang-up when it comes to money in a church, you know. People that love God and love the ministry, they don't have any hang-ups with money, you know. And, uh, uh, but, but people that get offended, the first thing they think about, what are they doing with the money, you know? Well, this, this building alone is 68,000 square feet, just a little bit bigger than some of your homes. Amen. And so, you know, just the, just the every month, you know, the expense... And, but it's so beautiful is that when we first got here, we, 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 we were in a building on 112 East 13th street and there was an old, it was probably one of the ugliest buildings in town. And, and, uh, and the reason it was kind of ugly because a committee built it. <laughs> That's supposed to be a little funnier than, this. and, and, uh. It, but it was cool on the inside. It sat three hundred people, so it was decent size. And we—I mean—every Sunday we had bats visiting us. I'm telling you. One Sunday I was preaching on the blood of Jesus, and a bat flew down. I said, "Look at her." He heard about the blood. The blood. Somebody said the blood. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, but, but we but we banked seventy-five dollars a week. That's what we were having to pay. Now, as we grew, it went from $75 a week to we gained more of the property. We gained, you know, uh, the offices, um, uh, which few there were. Uh, 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 actually, there's only a couple, but downstairs, the basement area. So it grew from 75 a week to 4000 a month. And then, of course, that God, and my point is, he was stretching us to believe for more. Amen? It's okay to believe for more. Don't just get... Don't get lazy in your faith. We kept stretching and kept stretching to now, today, we have to believe for thousands every week. Praise God. Amen. I said, amen. amen. And you never know. You know, someday God might speak to Randy and say, we're going to build a new $55 million building. Well, if God, if God would speak that, praise God, how many believe he would grace you all for that journey? Amen. You know, Jesus said this, and I believe with all my heart it's true. My, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Amen. So we learn to stretch. We learn to stretch our faith, which brings us to this moment in time of uh, trusting God for our provision. And we don't get lazy in faith. I told our staff, same thing. Don't get lazy in your faith. You keep believing God. Keep trusting God. Keep stretching your faith, not only for your own personal life, but for the ministry as well. And they, and they do that. Amen. So, all of this provision, all of it is, is accessed by our faith. In other words, faith is required if you're going to tap into the unlimited resources of God. Your faith in God, your faith in God, not your faith in government, but your faith in God. Hallelujah. It's how you obtain it. So, I'm going to read just a little bit here. Turn to Galatians 3 if you have your Bible. Galatians, the third chapter. And um, we're going to read a little bit there about Abraham. We're going to talk about him this morning. And I'll go as quick as I can and uh, not to get sidetracked. Galatians, the third chapter, verse 6. All right. We're going to talk about Abraham's faith. The Bible says, even, verse 6, even as Abraham believed God and it, his faith, was accounted to him for righteousness or right standing with God, know ye therefore that they which are of faith The same are the children of Abraham. Amen. So, so, though, so, though the Jews are the seed of Abraham, naturally, we're the seed of Abraham spiritually. Isn't that something? He wasn't born again, yet he tapped into God's righteousness. Is that beautiful? He tapped into right standing with God without even being born again. Well, how much more we who are born again should tap into God's righteousness? But we have to understand what it is and, and how to live in it. All right. Let's continue. Now, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Why? Because you were the heathen. Okay. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the... Preached before In the old covenant, the gospel unto Abraham, the gospel, the good news unto Abraham saying, in these shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Just let me help you understand this. God gave the commandments to Israel knowing they wouldn't keep them but the commandments were a, were a spiritual mirror that would reflect back to them their need for God. Yeah, that's why I even said yesterday during the funeral, I think I did, uh, the best thing we can do without a Christ-centered life is fail, that's the best we can do. And so if you recognize that early in life, you recognize that I've got to have God on the forefront of my heart and my life, why? So that I can live the quality of life that God wants me to live. Years ago, we had a young man here, a precious, born again, spear-filled, excited uh, kid. He grew up in our church, 16 years old, just a wonderful boy, ended up moving away from God, and he died at 51 years old as an alcoholic. God never had destined his life for that, never. Are you with me? But all of a sudden, he began to fall asleep spiritually until he was way away from God and didn't know quite how to get back to God. So this is no game we're playing. The devil, he he wants to take your life, but God wants to save your life. Amen. And so we have to learn how to walk by faith. So let's continue this. Now, verse 6 through 9, this is the Passion Bible. Thank you, Lord. Abraham, say our father of faith. Yeah, that's what he says. Abraham, our father of faith, believed God. And the substance of his faith. Okay, let me just stop for a moment. Abraham was 75 years old. Maybe I won't have time to get into all of that. He was 75 years old when God called him to leave the land of Ur of the Chaldees and go to a land that God would promise him. So the Bible says, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed because of your faith. Why? Because God was planning redemption through the seed of Abraham, which would ultimately be Christ. Okay. And so, when he made that promise, he was 75 years old. When the promise manifested, he was 99 years old. So, we'll see from scriptures what he did to preserve that promise in his life. And we'll read it out of the book of Romans here uh, real quick, okay? I just wanted you to understand that. So, So, the true children of Abraham have the same faith as their father, and the... Uh, oh, oh, for, I'm going to start over again. Abraham, our father of faith, believed God and the substance of his faith. The substance of his faith released God's righteousness to him. Let me just simply define as we go on. I want you to, what is God's righteousness? Very simple. Right standing with God. Say that. Right standing with God. Say it again. Right standing with God. Okay. So he tapped into right standing with God, okay? And because of that, he tapped into the unlimited power of God. Let's go on. So the true children of Abraham, say that's us, us. have the same faith as their father. And the scripture prophesied that on the basis of faith, God would declare Gentiles, which were us, to be righteous. God announced the good news ahead of time to Abraham, through your example of faith, Abraham, all the nations, that were nations in the Greek is ethnicities, Ethne, ethnicities, all peoples, red, yellow, black, and white, okay? Through your example, all nations will be blessed. And so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So what does that mean? The same righteousness or right standing with God that he walked in. Listen, where the impossible things became possible, now is our righteousness. We have the same right standing with God. Why is this important? I told you this. I've spent so much of my life um, uh, believing that performance gained me favor with God. Never having, never attaining to what I felt I needed to to gain right standing with God. But that right standing with God was God's gift to us. Say this out loud. I have right standing with God. I have right standing with God. Say it one more time. I have right standing with God. Yeah, every, every one of us have right standing with God. Not based on any performance, but simply based on our faith in what Jesus did on the cross. Hallelujah. Okay, this is so good. Uh, Why? Because if you don't catch that, you'll wake up every day, just like I did, you wake up every day simply short, just short of God's favor. Let's read on. Verse 9. This is King James. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not. In all the things which are written in the book of the law, to do them. But that but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident the just shall live by faith. So those who believe they have right standing with God have to live like they believe they have right standing with God. <laughs> Say it again, I have right standing with God. Mm-hmm. Let's go on. The just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live uh, in them. Christ hath redeemed us. They're one of my favorite scriptures. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, which was what? The curse of the law was the law pointed you to right standing with God, but didn't give you the power to attain it. So the law said, do this. And your your Adamic uh, nature said, I can't. Okay, I'll try, but I fail. I try, but I fail. I try. Anybody familiar with trying but fail? Trying but fail? Yeah. So he's just simply saying, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. And of course, that blessing is singular, meaning it simply means right standing with God. Okay, so when Abraham, I won't take time to read it, but when Abraham departed from or the Chaldees, heading for his promised land, he didn't realize, listen to me now, he didn't realize that it would take 25 years for him to obtain the promise. He didn't know that. You know, he just just went by faith. And he stayed in faith. And it's so beautiful. that I mean, when he got out, when he got to the land of Canaan, you know what the first thing he did? He built an altar to worship God. And then waited for God's direction from there. And God guided him for those 25 years. Amen. But the, and we'll see through Romans here that he, he stayed in faith. But what I wanted to share with you. Okay, just for a second. Genesis 13. I want to show you something that's important for you to walk in God's righteousness. In Genesis 13, I won't read some of it here. In the beginning of the chapter, Genesis 13, the Bible says that Abraham was very rich. Say very rich. Very rich. Amen. So we already see that the covenant of, of favor was working in his life. Walking in the favor of God. Um, well, you may think it's strange and even kind of odd. <laughs> Did you know God loves childlike faith? He really does. He loves, see, that's an attitude of the heart, it's an attitude of God. Thank you, sir. That you're so good that we can walk in your favor. So in Genesis 13, he's very rich. But, but here's what happened. As you read on in chapter 13, what happened is that strife got into the camp. The, the uh, herdsmen of, uh, of Abraham were in strife with the herdsmen of Lot. So Lot, uh, 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 God came to Abraham and said, You got to get this resolved. And what did God tell him? He said, I want you to separate yourself from this strife. So the Bible says then that in chapter, um, uh, in chapter three, uh, 13 here, Genesis, that, God, that Abraham said to, to Lot, you go ahead, you pick the land that you want, and then I'll take uh, second best. And so Lot chose the plains of Sodom because they were lush and prosperous. And as you read on in verse 11, that, um, that the Bible says in verse 12, that Sodom, excuse me, that Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom, and then all of a sudden he found himself in Sodom, and then all of a sudden he found Sodom in him. The Bible says in Peter that his soul, his righteous soul was vexed because of the wickedness of the cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. So, what did Abraham do? He, he wanted God's best. How many want God's best? Well, you cannot pitch your tent towards the, 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 the God of this world and expect the blessings of the Lord to fall upon your life. Amen. He separated two things he separated himself to receive God's favor number one, strife. And number two, in Genesis 14, he brought his tithes to Melchizedek, who was a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he separated himself from strife and brought his tithes to uh, the man of God and God blessed him for it. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Back to Romans 4. I could have read more scripture there, but you can read it yourself. I love it. Somebody came out the other day and said, Pastor, what was that assignment you gave us? I thought, that blessed my heart. That he would want to, oh yeah, I, I gave an assignment for certain scriptures to read and he wanted to know what that was and that really blessed me. All right, back to Romans 4, verse 13. Now, for the promise that he should be the spiritual, excuse me, it says heir, but he's talking about spiritual heir, okay? Now, the promise that he should be the spiritual heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Amen. Now, we know Go back to Romans 10 now. I know I'm kind of, we're going to stay in Romans, but look at, to refresh you, if you weren't here last week, you got to listen to this, it's important. If you want right standing with God, you better learn how to tap into it. But now look at Romans, the 10th chapter. Okay, verse 6. Now the righteousness which is of faith speaketh. It speaketh. It says something. The righteousness which is of faith says something. See, there was a tongue today, an interpretation, because God wanted to say something to you. God wanted to encourage you that if you're going to live a victorious life, then you need to stay in faith. You need to be trusting God. You need to be walking with God. You need to be walking in love. Hallelujah. Because faith works by love. So, the righteousness switches of faith... or. Tapping into right standing with God, which is a faith, says something. What does it say? Verse eight: The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess. And this this is just. Sometimes we we sometimes we're just like denominational. We 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 get the Lord's prayer, you know. We get the Lord's prayer, you know. Our Father which art in heaven. And we, we, we say that. There's well, nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with those beautiful words. But we just simply say it out of a tradition and not out of revelation. Right. And so sometimes we do the same with this. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in your heart that God raises him then thou shalt be saved. I'm saved. Yeah. <laughs> I said that. I said that 25 years ago. That's not what it says. It's not what it means. It, it means if you'll confess with your mouth that through Christ, I have right standing with God. Hallelujah. And believe in your heart that God raised from that dead. You shall walk in God's righteousness. You'll reap God's righteousness and favor in your life. Hallelujah. There's more to it than just, you know, coding something. Can I have an amen to that? The Amplified says in verse 10, for with the heart, a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on um, Uh on Christ, and so is justified, or declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses, he declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. The world outside these doors have right standing with God, but don't know it until somebody tells them. Did he say the heathen, did he talk about the heathen in there should have, should tap into God's righteousness? Well, of course you did. That's why you're here today. And people, everybody out that door has a right to stand with God, but they don't know it. For God so loved the church that he gave his only begotten son. Thank you. God so loved the world. And some of us, maybe you're here today and you're, you just got out of the world. Thank God he loved us while we were in the world. All right, let's go on to Romans 4. We'll wind it up here. Are you getting something out of this today? Say this again out loud. I have right standing with God. Yeah. Now, you understand you do because of your, your connection with Christ. Can I have an amen? You don't have, uh, the Bible says, and I think in the book of Isaiah, our righteousness is as filthy rags. You know, it, it and about our right, it's about his righteousness. Amen. Right. So we have right standing with God because we follow Christ. Now, this is Romans 4, verse 13. For the promise that he should be the spiritual heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, watch this, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they, that's the Jews, which are of the law be heirs, Faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. And why? Because the law worketh wrath, for where there is no, watch this, where there's no law, there's no transgression. Where there's no law, there's no transgression. I want you to capture that in your heart. See, Jesus came to fulfill the law so that everything about the law is found in him. Every, all ten commandments are found in him. So man if you're walking in him you won't covet your neighbor's wife. You won't covet your neighbor's goods. You won't lie. You won't murder. Come on everyone. I mean see so that's what he's trying to say. He's trying to tell you man it's not it's not a a list of do's and don'ts. It's a relationship, hallelujah, with God because you have right standing with him, praise God. You can love. You can forgive. You can bless. Come on. You you can be Christ like. That's the greatest challenge we have in our lives is to be Christ-like. And I said it lastly, but it's true. Wouldn't it be fun if life, I mean, all seven days, we're like the one hour on Sunday morning. Oh, glory to God, hallelujah. <laughs> it's not that way. <laughs> it, come on, if it work with me. It's not that way. That's why the just shall live by faith. Sorry, I have right standing with God. Let's read on. Therefore it, what? The promise of right standing with God is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, the Jews, but to that which is also of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Us us all who? All who humbly accept right standing, uh, those who accept right standing uh, with God, hallelujah, uh, through faith. So, verse 17, as it is written, I have, it's past tense, I've made thee a father of many nations. That's, that's, that's found in Genesis 17, four, if you want to know where it's at. Before him, that's God, who Abraham believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. And now I want you to catch, he called those things that be not as though they were. Before Abraham, be, listen, before Abraham left earth the Chaldees. God was calling those things up being on though other words. He was confident that he had someone he could depend on who would carry out his will in the earth. Let's go on. So, and being... No, he, he, okay. As I've, as I've written, I've made thee a father of many nations, Genesis 17, 4, before him who he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things up being on which uh, as though they were who against hope believed in hope, Amen. that he might become, what? What God promised him, a father of a multitude. Amen? The father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. That's Genesis fifteen five. 15, 5. And, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was 100 years old, neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God, Through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised him, God was able to perform it. Can you shout hallelujah? It's the same in your life. See, if you could do it on your own, you wouldn't need God. If you could make marriage work on your own, you you wouldn't need God. If you could raise children on your own, you wouldn't need God. If you could just operate in this world by yourself, you wouldn't need God. But we can't do anything without them. I mean, anything that is, you know, colorful and fruitful and, and blessed. Amen. Let's read the Amplified. And we'll, uh, I hope you're not bored by this. But I, I, Scripture, you know, is so precious. and you know, I could stand up here and just simply talk about stories and stuff, but Scripture is what inspires you. Here's the Amplified. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations or ethnicities. As he had been promised. Here, what's the promise? So numberless shall your descendants be. So Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead, because he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith, faith as he gave praise and glory to God. It didn't say as he complained every day. As he gave praise and glory to God, Father, I don't know how it's going to be, but my pra- my praise goes to Thee. My faith is in Thee, and I'm trusting You for the impossible. Amen. See, that is what we deal with on a daily basis. Things that, uh, uh, except for God's help, we're going to fail in. We're not going to. We're not going to reap uh, the good things He has for us if we if we don't learn how to tap into this right standing with God. Say this out loud. I have right standing with God. Right standing with God. You really do. You have that. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't say 400 Hail Marys or whatever. You, know, you're, you can't say. Uh, all you can do is believe that what Jesus did is sufficient for you to have right standing with God. Thank you, Lord. So he, he didn't waver. Now watch this. Now, go back to verse 21. Fully satisfied and assured that what God was able, that God was able to, and mighty to keep his word and do what he promised. Now watch this. That is why his faith was accredited to him as righteousness or at standing with God. But the words it was accredited to him were written not for his sake alone, but they were written for our sakes too. Righteousness, watch this, standing acceptable to God will be granted and credited to us also who believe in, trust in, adhere to, and rely on God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds, but was raised to secure our justification. Hallelujah. See, his resurrection is what brings you righteousness. It was enough. See, it was enough. His death and resurrection was enough for you to reap right standing with God. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, I want to say this so you don't misunderstand me. You mean, Pastor, I can just go ahead and do my own thing and, you know, transgress God's word, you know, be careless? Well, is that when I don't have right standing with God? No, you can never. Listen, you can never lose your right standing with God. But through the choices you make, you can either reap the works of the flesh or reap the blessings of righteousness, right? See, the choice it's the choices we make that depend on the harvest we're going to reap. That's why he had to get strife out. He knew that if strife continued, it it would thwart the plan of God for Abraham. So he had to get it out. And then he knew that for him to maintain this hold on Abraham concerning uh, that which was impossible. Why? Because at 99 years old, his body could not produce anything. 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 Do you remember, he, he, did have, uh, he did marry Hagar and had a child with Hagar uh, whose name was Ishmael, but he was not the son of promise. He was not the son of promise. And so he ended up, actually Sarah ended up suffering more for that bad choice than anyone else. And so he, what did he do? He's, of course, if if the Bible says he staggered not the promise of God, then we have to believe that he staggered not the promise of God. However, by taking Sarah's advice, he didn't stay where he needed to stay as far as he didn't understand. Okay. He said, your seed, your seed. So he thought the seed in him could go in Hagar and produce the same thing. But that wasn't the plan. It was Sarah. Sarah's going to conceive. And she's going to reap the blessing of Isaac, who would bring righteousness, praise God, into our hearts. Amen. Amen. So here's what it, so my point is this. So you can't live a careless life. You know what I'm saying? Just doing over you want. Right. Uh, being self, being selfish. You we were talking about this, this morning. You, you got you to live a selfless life, not a selfish life. And very interesting. Uh, so many good things. i got to close up, but so many good things here. Uh, uh, just think about it. We're talking about the life of Jesus. How many believe that Jesus was 100% man? But how many believe he was also 100% God? Of course he was. He was God clothed in flesh. But just think about this. If Jesus wasn't susceptible to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, then those temptations in Luke 4... Would not, would not have been true temptations. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Right. My point is, yeah, Jesus, yeah, but that was you, Jesus. This is us. No, no, no. No, no, no. He had to walk in the same faith that you and I walk in. He had to deny, he had to deny the Adamic DNA, he had to deny it that was in him. Amen. Was he not 100% flesh? So he had the Adamic DNA. He carried the Adamic DNA around and had to, he himself had to make the choice every day to yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, which he did. Every miracle that Jesus did, Jesus didn't do that because he was God. He did that because he was led by the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Because he wants you to know that he faced, Hebrew says it, that he faced every temptation that you faced, yet he did not sin. He didn't take the bait. Isn't that beautiful? I just, you know what that does for you. Know what does for me? That me that that makes me love him more. That he relates to what I go through as as far as temptation. He relates to it. He doesn't relate to your temptation through criticalness. He relates to it through compassion. He was tempted in all ways, like as we are, yet without sin. Isn't that beautiful? Say I have, right with God. I have right standing with God. Thank you, Lord. Chapter five, verse. Put this up, and we'll end with this. Thank you so much. Chapter five, verse one. This is a New Living Translation. Therefore, since we have been made right with God, did you see that. How many have been made right with God? He just said it here. Raise everybody, raise your hand. Because I want you to understand. Yeah, yeah everybody. Yeah. Even if you don't have Christ in your life this morning, you have right standing with God. Of course, you have to be born again in order to tap into it, uh, you know, to tap into the benefits of it, but every sinner has right standing with God. Is <laughs> that awesome or what? <laughs> some of you are getting it, some of you aren't. Say, I have right standing with God. Say, my ugly neighbor, say, my ugly neighbor has right standing with God. That pervert at work (laughs) has right standing with God. (laughs) It's right there, but he don't know it. He doesn't know it. Let you tell him. Finish this. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Come on, give him Praise you have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ the Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. Come on, be honest with me. How many do better with God when you're going through tough times? Raise your hand, you do better. Trusting him, absolutely. I mean, you you go to him, oh God, I need your help. I made some wrong choices, God, and I need your help. And he goes, son, I can't can't help you. Can't help. No. Say, I have right standing with God. God. Of course there's repentance. Of course there's self-judgment. Of course you want to make corrections inwardly. But no matter what, you have right standing with God. Isn't that beautiful? I just want to encourage you with that this morning. Every morning you get up, you have right standing with God. I don't care if you are Mr. Ugly. You have right standing with God. Amen. Amen. Because God provided that for us through Jesus Christ, O Lord. So let's finish this. And this hope. It, it develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Amen. Amen. Bow your head. I'm going to pray for you musicians. You can come forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Say it again. I have a right standing with God. Now, please hear my heart. Nothing you can do, nothing you can do can short circuit God's right standing, your right standing with God, nothing. Yes, you can reap a harvest of pain and heartache and loss and setback by the choices you make, but it still does not negate the fact that you have right standing with God. Why is this important? Because none of us get up in the morning and say, you know what? I think I'm going to transgress against God today. I just feel like sinning. I just feel like acting like a jerk. Oh, my, I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to have a great jerk day today. You don't do that. But you never know what's coming to you. You never know what's going to, you know, try to prevail against you uh, uh, that very day when you get up. But you still have right standing with God. What does that mean? You can go to him and ask him for help. If you ask for help, will God help you? Sure will. I always try. I was here this morning worshiping God on the piano. I'm not a good piano player, but God doesn't care. And so I just worship on the piano, and I wrote a new new little chorus, and I was worshiping God with it. I'll sing it to you sometime. And and, uh, just worshiping God with it. Thanking him that he loves me. He loves me and that I have right standing with Him. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30 as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.